work. You've been in your job for 15 years and nothing's changed. You don't move up and keep getting passed up for a promotion. Being in the industry has been a dream since you were a little kid. When you start to lose all hope, a lifeline comes from a radio ad. Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Debbie, and if you're like me and you learn best from the hands-on training approach, then CSB is the place for you. You learn by doing from professionals in the business. Day and evening classes are available. So what are the perks of being a student? Lifetime use of all the studios, career counseling at all campuses, and job placement. So you get some help figuring out the rest of your life. For more information, call 1-800-TV-RADIO or go to gocsb.com for details. And now back to Triple D with INZ on MASN Radio. Welcome back. This is Triple D with INZ on MESN Radio. I've got with me Ike and uh, Danny. How's it going, Danny? Cricket, awesome. Cricket. <laughs> Good stuff. Now, Danny, Danny stepped out for a second, but he'll be right back. Uh, so, where are we at my outline? Oh, good. We're at the MLB. So, we're going to actually take it a little bit more um, seriously for this one. Uh, while we were uh, during our hiatus, uh, the Los Angeles Angels um, reported that their pitcher, Tyler Skaggs, unfortunately passed away at a very young age. Uh, our hearts go out uh, to the Skaggs family. We wish them the best. I mean, it's a tough situation, but it's yeah, not something. It's incredibly sad, honestly. It's incredibly sad. A young man was taken way too early. Our heart, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out. I, I just couldn't, you know, not say anything regarding yeah, you gotta that. Yeah, got to mention that. But and I believe the um, it happened like what the day before one of the games for the for the Angels, and then they canceled the the, the upcoming day game. before he was supposed to pitch too. That's it's, yeah, truly it's so awful. Sad. Yeah, like you said, uh, our hearts and prayers uh, go out to the Skaggs family and um, the Angel organization. We hope that um, you know they they have some time to grieve over over Tyler, and that uh, things get better for them quickly. I agree. Yes, but in brighter news, the All Star break was uh, excuse me over this past week. The game itself, the American League won four to three. Uh, fortunately, they do not do the um, home field advantage based on the All Star game anymore, which is that was a really interesting kind of dynamic. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it was quite fair because what the the AL won isn't this like the fourth or fifth time in a row that the AL has won something like that. And the big time it happened was when uh, Derek Jeter's last All Star game. Right. Uh, you know, players were kind of taking it easy on Jeter and won. And one of them served up a really nice ball for Jeter to hit a home run, and he did. And that kind of gave the American League the lead that year that they just didn't relinquish. Right. So, All-Star game's always been a little wonky. Uh, this year, though, they had a whole new type of wonky. Um, the scoreboard actually was messing up the names of uh, several of players and pitchers. One of the, uh, one of the Mets, was, one of Mets up there was kind of really upset about it. They wanted to uh, see his face, and instead what they got was Jake DeGrom. What? <laughs> yeah, they. it was a whole whole ordeal. There was a guy named Wilson who spells his name with two L's. They spelled it with one L. It's just something like 
this is the all-star game. You'd think that you would have had time to kind of check work to these. detail. Uh, details matter. This is like the one one thing where detail, details really, really matter. And, yeah. But baseball teams haven't been doing much paying attention to detail lately. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the uh, Chicago White Sox recently listed uh, had up on their billboard a list of famous Chicagoans. No. Oh, yeah. They had um, Pat Sajak up there, some other guy, Emmett Till, you know, famous Chicagoans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. Emmett Till? Yes. That's what they put up there, right? Oh, yeah. I have no words. No yeah, words that's for that. so bad. That's, Jesus Christ. That is so bad. But, yeah, so not the worst mistake by the MLB. Apparently not. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, um, did you catch the home run derby? I didn't. I was actually out um, driving, but I did hear that there was a little bit of controversy with the with the home run derby, being that Vlad Guerrero, I think, actually had more home runs? Technically, yes, because but, they did it in by round. So, so he had more total home runs, but yes. um, Pete Alonso actually had, had most more in, in the final round. Yeah, gotcha. and the big thing was the reason why Vlad Guerrero Jr. had so, home run, so many home runs total was him and Jock Peterson, their uh, home run derby went into a three-round playoff because they wow. both kept hitting basically the same thing. And that ended with uh, Vlad hitting 40 home runs and Jock hitting, I think, 39. Wow. Yeah. And that must have been something to watch. Oh, it, unfortunately, I didn't catch it. Um, I was actually recording uh, my other podcast, No, No, We're Serious, with my friends here. Uh, one of my friends was watching it, though, because Pete Alonso is the last good thing he has as a Met fan. <laughs> yeah. No, you're good. And we welcome back Danny McGillicuddy to the room. Yeah, I'm a Met fan, too. You're a Met fan? Yeah. So Pete Alonso is all we got. They should cut bait with Cano. Really? Yeah. I thought he was playing well. Uh, I don't know. Putting McNeil in there. Let him go. Well, let's enjoy the Met doing a good thing for a second in uh, Pete exactly. Alonso. It's, it's not often that you guys, the Mets can celebrate. So Yes. Uh, I, I'm just hoping for his sake that the Yankees acquire him or the Red Sox and somebody saves his career. Pete so, Alonso? I yeah. mean, yeah. Someone will do it. I don't know. Maybe the Mets will turn it around. I don't know. But what I do know is... It's that time. It's been a while, so I may be a little bit rusty, but we're going to go for a quick Mets employment check. This time we're going to go a little bit further. We're going to see if Mickey Calloway and the general manager, whose name escapes me, still Ooh. have a job. Uh, it appears that the answer to that is yes. So we're also going to pass it along to our own, our one and only, Deborah Schechter. She has a gift from... I'm good, Danny. Thank you. She provided us with a lovely take regarding her opinion uh, on the whole Mets front office situation. Uh, Deb, why don't we ha pass it off to you? Hey, it's Deb here, and I hope Zach has been playing the Price is Right theme because my take is that Mickey Calloway will probably be out of a job by the time the All-Star break hits because right now the team is floundering and you can't keep scapegoating everybody else forever and ever and ever. The team's got no leadership, plain and simple. There's no direction and this guy has no clue what the hell he's doing. They should, thankfully they were able to win the game on Sunday, Sunday night against the Braves, but there's no direction. And this guy is a former bullpen coach. And the bullpen has been the biggest culprit 
of why the team stinks right now. It really does. So they replaced the pitching coach. But now, you, now unfortunately, you, uh, I'm not the biggest advocator for somebody to lose their job, but I think Mickey Calloway has got to go. And then it will now put the spotlight right on Brody Van Wagenen, the new general manager. And the fact is, is that guy does not know what he's doing either. He's a former agent. I'm sorry. You don't put agents into a general manager's job, which is a baseball person's job. You need to actually have a clue what they're doing. And right now, Brody doesn't either. So this is just all utter bleep show. Fill in, the ex- fill in that expletive for all you wish. So that's just my take on the Mets at the moment. So like I said, I hope in the beginning, Zach was pulling the Price is Right theme with that. Um... Because I think by the time I got your back, Dad. By the time the all <laughs> by the time we get back from the All Star break, I think Mickey Calloway's job is going to be donezo. They're going to be having a temporary manager. Who that should be, I honestly have no idea. It's more than likely going to be the bench coach. But I just think Mickey Mickey Calloway's time as a manager is just about up. All right, back to you guys in the studio. What do you guys think? How long do you think Calloway's got left in the hot seat? Do you think Brody, once that happens, Brody Van Wagenen's going to get his time in the hot seat? Take it away, boys. Well, um, to answer your question, Deb, as to whether or not I think uh, the bench coach will be taking over, yes. I mean, it's a matter of time at this point. It's just such a – the Mets aren't the biggest dumpster fire in New York. That still very much belongs to the Knicks with everything 100%. that's going on. Well, it's but neck and neck. It's, it's, it's closer than you'd think, but <laughs> – yeah, the um, <laughs> the Mets are rallying on a, on the last turn. <laughs> the Mets are really trying to push hard for that. Yeah, it's it's really a tight race. We'll have to actually wait till the end of the summer to really make that des- determination. Also, I just want to get a quick correction in. Um, apparently, Jeter hit a double during that All Star game, not a home run. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, the Mets are kind of what they are. Uh, I don't know. It's definitely interesting to pay attention to what's going on with that. And it will be interesting to see how it all plays out because the way it seems with how things are going, some blow-up's going to happen sooner rather than later for the Mets. So so Callaway was a bullpen coach, right? That's what he was? You're kidding, right? He was a bullpen coach. That's 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 the the, the yeah. Mets bullpen is the worst thing about them. But that's what he was, right? <laughs> and that's like, but I'm trying to figure out. You learn under one of the best managers in Terry Francona, and I think what happens is he, they get too much involved with the the analytics and what the book says. And when the the, the goddamn mound's sixty feet six inches from the time you're thirteen until the time you're a pro, nothing's changed. Now all these guys they gotta have their hands held. Oh, I need to have a roll. No, you don't. Throw the goddamn ball over the plate. Make the guy hit it. And make your guys field it. I'm sick of these guys. It's 60 feet, 6 inches. That's it. All of a sudden, what's his face? Can't close the game. They lead the league in blown saves. Very easily. With, I'm pretty 20, sure it was in close. 20s the other day. I just, it just It's so frustrating to know that the, to watch guys, not just them, any of these guys, and they... they, they piss and moan about their role in the bullpen. You know what the role was back in the 70s in Shea Stadium? They they, they freaking grew tomato plants with Joe Pignatano. And then they get, oh, the phone's ringing. All right, I'll warm up. I'll come in and pitch. That's all it was. Now these freaking guys, they, 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 uh, wow. don't get me started on them. You were right. Uh, 
Callaway was the pitching coach with the Indians before getting the um, the Mets manager job. Wow. That's – I'm sorry. This is like a big step. Really I mean, I'm, I don't really know about baseball coaching much, but it seems like that's kind of a big step up, right? The bullpen is – isn't that like one of the lower coaching jobs in, in the baseball ranks? I would think – I would, well, you're yeah, not, you get your bench boss and your hitting coach, you're – you're not really the pitching coach. You're the bullpen coach. So I mean, yeah, it seems. But I'm wondering how they they, they per, how that's set up is. Uh, I would assume if you're the bull, bullpen coach, you're in the bullpen. Yeah. You know, waiting for the guys to warm up and you're fielding the calls. Like the pitching coach is in the dugout. Bullpen coach is that, but still, I mean, grow up, throw the goddamn ball over the plate. That's my take. That's fair. That's I it. mean, and when you've got guys who they signed, what was is his name Edwin Diaz, the big reliever they signed last year, who has been who was really really good last year with the uh, Mariners, and now very yeah. very or was apparently uh, apparently the mound changed when he went to City Field. I don't ah, know. Of course. Now he's thrown seventy feet six inches, maybe. Huh, maybe. I don't know. I, I it just it's aggravating. I mean, how can it not be aggravating? Um, the other thing that I really saw with baseball that was rather interesting, Jake Marisnik collided with a Jonathan Lucroy at the plate. And did you guys see that? No. Very old school t- style. Oh, the catcher has the ball and he's oh, waiting to tag me out. I'm, he's saying it didn't, it wasn't intentional. And for all intents and purposes, the catcher did kind of move at the last second, putting himself in the line of fire to get in the set to create this collision. I will, I will give him some of that, but it was a really, really bad collision, and it left uh, Lucroy with a broken nose and a concussion. Wow. Well, correction. What I did see was Yadier Molina's response to that on Instagram. Yeah, Yadier. Uh, on, honestly, yeah. I'm kind of on his side with that. Like, it, it's it seems like a kind of like an unfair. It's an unfair play for the catcher. Really? Just sitting. Yeah. I mean, he's I a mean, sitting again, duck. Exactly. He's a sitting duck. Like he's and then the other guy is running from third base, full steam ahead. Like, and then he just—I mean, sure the catcher has pads on, but you're still sitting there just waiting to get rocked by a guy who's running full speed. It doesn't really seem fair. I mean, I, I don't know if there's going to be a rule change about it, but I mean, it's not illegal. It's not a legal play to do that anymore. It's not. Oh, legal. it's not. Okay. It's not legal. But the ruling, the determination right now is that it wasn't fully intentional, which it does. I don't think it was fully intentional, but it happened, and did happen you left a player with a concussion so that's kind of yeah that's a little yeah that's uh angels have had a tough go at it lately that they have but you know you got you've got the guys you've got Shohei Otani let's hopefully hopefully you can start playing well again if he isn't right now uh hopefully you know hopefully you can just do something with this Mike Trout contract we've got Mike Trout locked in now Mm -hmm. hopefully you can get him a ring that's He's the best player in baseball. Just build a team around him and kind of see where it goes from there, right? Yep. Yeah. But did you see the comparison somebody I had on uh, – I think I saw it on Twitter. And uh, it was comparing Mike Trout to Pujols in their first seven, six years or whatever. And you, I, you look at Pujols' numbers, they're like way – not way better, but they're better than his, than Trout's. And where everybody's lauding Trout, and I'm like – Damn, Pujols was really, really freaking good. Pujols he was is one of the all-time greats. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, I was just like, wow, I didn't realize his numbers were that good. Yeah, Pujols is one of the all-time greats. It's kind of a shame that 
you know, Father Time is undefeated. Yep. Not the first time I'm saying it today, but you know that he's definitely not what he was, and it's hard to watch. But Albert Pujols, man, you had a great career. Oh, I sure did. Sure did. Last little bit of uh, baseball things to talk about, really. The Yankees and Red Sox played their uh, played their series in London. That was bad. Did you see the uh, the 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 games are kind of inconsequential. Did you see what happened? Um, someone caught a foul ball, and did you see what shirt they were wearing? Yep, no. I saw that. They were. They had these. This contingency of fans had like these shirts that had both. One side was Boston Red Sox uh, logos. The other side was Yankees logos. That doesn't work. <laughs> No, uh, it's they don't know any better. Yeah. They're the, but oh, sweetie, no. All right, I mean, I, that that's the that's just you know baseball in the UK, man. They're they're yeah. really not into it at all. Um, I, I think it was who was it? I think no, it was the it was ESPN when the series was going on. They had one of their analysts that was on the street asking people about you know random baseball players. No one had a clue about baseball rules or players, and I really think that's just if that was an MLB sanctioned. Jersey. I don't know if someone bought that and sold and stitched them together themselves. That had to have been it. But you know that would be that would that was that was a very funny thing to see. I mean, honestly. well, I guess football is more popular. American football is more Definitely. popular over there. So I could you see like, uh, well, they really don't do division games when they play them in London, right? No, they do like a Jacksonville and uh, Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, Jacksonville they, they and like do, Green Bay or something. They do like, a lot of like the interconference games. But here, yeah. like, could you imagine if uh, the Cowboys were playing the Redskins and the fans had a Cowboy Redskin <laughs> shirt, or Jets playing the Patriots I mean, and somebody had a Jets Patriots shirt? I don't. I yeah. I can't. What what would the equivalent be in soccer? Like Man U, like if some that would be like if someone had like half a Man U, half a Liverpool jersey, uh, or like half, half a, a half a Barca, half a Real Madrid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Oof. Yeah. Eh, they had fun. That's good. Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, yeah. high scoring games. Yeah. High scoring games are always going to so draw fans, and you and, know what? It works. And no ice cream licking. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. But oh, can I interject on something? Yeah, I sure. forgot. I wanted to mention it before. Did you see the thing with the lady in Illinois with the inflatable pool? I did not. Oh. What is that? She got she <laughs> she drove home with an inflatable pool on her car, and she had her kids in the pool because she didn't have a way to tie the pool onto the car to keep it from blowing away. So she put her two kids in the pool to weigh the inflatable pool down. Yeah, yeah, kids, and it's not also f- known as. As paperweights. Paperweights. What? Yeah. The the pool was blown up? Yeah. And I guess she was right down the road or something. She was, uh, but uh, I was like, usually those things come out of Florida. Those types of incidents. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Illinois. Oh, wow. Yeah. Summer, man. That's ridiculous. Summer brings out the Florida and all of us. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. All right. Back Uh, to the game. Back to the game. Well, we're going to bring it to a bit of a different game. A bit of the uh, soccer game, so to speak, actually. Congratulations to the United States women's national team on a successful defense of their World Cup title. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Round of applause for the U.S. women. They are known as one of the best teams in the world, and they defended their title. Something that um, with World Cups in general, that's only happened one other time. I believe it was Germany had defended their uh, their was women's it? World Cup title. It was also the women's World yeah, Cup, yes. Um, I think it was earlier in the 90s, but 
Um, hats off to the U.S. women. They they really killed it. They're they went out and beat down some of the best teams in the world, like France and like the like England, mm-hmm. and um, they really deserved their their title. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, With all the other crap that went on, it's like just wish people could focus on the play on on the field. Yep, but with honestly, with the the way everything's going in terms of the climate of social media. them being the most dominant team, social media, a lot of their players being these vocal vocal people who aren't going to, you know, talk, who aren't aren't going to shut up and play. Honestly, what they were able to achieve in France is amazing. Yeah, and absolutely. Distractions aside, um, Megan Rapino, of course, uh, went won the Golden Boot and the Golden Ball, which is um, I'm uh, unrelated to Lonzo Ball, just in case anyone's <laughs> really wondering. Not not the same family. Basically, she was voted the best player in the tournament period. So. Yes, well, uh, Lonzo Ball deserves the Golden Boot, though. Hey, <laughs> no, probably not. He got it already. He's in New Orleans. Okay. And, uh, oh, who is it? yeah, he's probably bailing water right now. Hurricane Barry. We'll see. I, I, I think he's probably still physically in L.A. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mentally, we don't know where he is. Eh. He'll be he'll be ready to play. That's what I think. But yeah, he will be. The women's team, uh, excuse me, answered to the challenges that were brought to them by the uh, last three teams they played. Yep. Uh, they were certainly challenged by France in that semifinal mm-hmm. that that we all knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And. I, I got to be honest with you, though. The best game that I watched them play was against uh, England. England, yeah, that was such a fun game to watch. That was a really it was good back game. and forth. Both both uh, teams were creating chances left and right. England really, I think England was probably the, the toughest matchup for the U.S. Probably because I mean the U.S. came out and scored early, then uh, then then Britain um, they equalized and the U.S. went up again, but the, it was very close. Um, to having a second goal for the, for England when um, when VAR had to come into effect and they actually denied yeah, the goal because it was off, just offside. She was like a hair offsides, man. Oof. Only offsides by a couple inches. I thought she I thought she was onsides when I was watching I mean, live. Live, it looked onside, but hey, I'll but, take I'll take the help from VAR, I guess. Yeah, and and hats off again to the U.S. man because like not only is there not only their attackers the best group in the world, but they also probably have the best group of defenders. In the world as well, um, in terms of their their complete backline, um, honestly, hats off to the U.S. And it's exactly funny that I heard uh, one of the players on the U.S. I forget who it was. Um, she actually said that the U.S. has not only the best first eleven in the world that they probably their second eleven could actually probably beat any team in the world. Probably, I don't necessarily completely agree with that, but I think if the second eleven from the U.S. was in the World Cup. They probably would have made the semifinals as well. At like the they probably they would definitely have a good shot to beat the Netherlands or, um, or Sweden. But you know, someone, I, I, in my opinion, the defining play of that tournament made by USA. If you're not looking at penalty kicks, which there were a lot of goals this this year scored mm-hmm. on penalty kicks, in my opinion. Megan Rapino wouldn't have won the Golden Boot without it. Uh, exactly. But the big defining play is in the final. After we get Rapino to get the after Rapino gets that penalty kick, you have Rose the ball carving through oh that defense goodness. like knife through hot butter, like a hot knife through butter, and just uncorks something um, 
That she was had, un. And she just let off a rocket. That was unreal. That was a great. And Rose Lavelle, he's already one of the best players on this team for this cycle, and she's only in her. I think she's only in her mid twenties. So she's young. Yeah. With with the uh, with the Olympics coming up, I believe next year. The ne- the next World Cup's obviously not for another four years, but she'll still be on the team in that and um at that cycle. So I think that um. Not only are the U.S. women the best team in the world right now, but I think four years from now they're probably still going to be the best team in the world because they because the U.S. The, um, the women's soccer league here in the U.S. is probably the best women's domestic league in the world, and most of if not all of the the players on the U.S. women's team play here in the U.S. So hats off to them and hats off to the to the girls and young women right now that are shooting to be on on this team in a couple years when um like 33 year old megan rapino 30 year old alex morgan may not be still on the team hats off to the to the people who are shooting to be at, at that um mallory, at that level mallory Pugh is going to be the next one of those players yep. who is going to establish herself in that carly lloyd in that Alex Morgan type light. It's just a matter of when she will have the opportunity. She very well could have been the best, most talented player on this team that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But the fact is she hasn't earned that role yet. Exactly. You still got the, the veterans that you've are on the team. You've still got Carly now. Lloyd. You've still got Alex Morgan. You've still got Rapino. Yep. Which also, happy birthday happy birthday to uh, Alex Morgan. And congratulations. Apparently you won the SP for the best female athlete. Which yes, is did. Hat, I, Based on everything, it was very hard. It would have been very hard to give it to anyone else. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think, I mean, with the ESPYS, there's obviously always the, um, like the media side of it. Like, what kind of, what kind of um, statements are being made by that person, especially on the female side of things. And Alex Morgan definitely deserved it, especially with the scrutiny that she got for that. Um, that teacup celebration that she did on her birthday when she beat England. Oh, please. Um, I mean, it's a ridiculous sentiment. I mean, the yeah. entire – a lot of the British media, they are famous for their sens- um, their sensationalizing when it comes to sports, especially soccer. They made the entire U.S. women's team seem like a bunch of arrogant people, which they're really not. But um, they got a little irked by that uh, teacup celebration that she did when she scored. You want to you want to yeah. hear or see some? You think the U.S. tabloids are bad? Go to go look at the United Kingdom's tabloids. They are <laughs> absurd. Yeah. For that matter, just absurd. Well, uh, I think the people they they just get. Well, you're taking a shot at us, you know. It's like by doing that. It's the it's the most like meager docile shot that there is he, she literally just pretended to sip a cup yeah. of tea like it's not like she's going out and saying like some some yeah. stuff about people you know yeah that's well, better than what they did in the first game Eh, well we're not gonna we're not gonna change <laughs> another one of those, please <laughs> that was a little excessive. That was, that probably, was we don't have that much time left. that was, that was a bit fun. excessive and i'll just leave it <laughs> that at was that. fun yes that um, was a fun debate but the u.s they they won they had their tur- they had their parade and while they were having their parade, you know, everyone's got to make a speech, including the U.S. soccer president. And unfor- unfortunately for him, he has to make these speeches, you know, in front of people. And uh, people like to uh, have opinions and voice them, especially in large crowds. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pass it off to a specific part at when he was talking. To our women's national team and the millions who support them, in recent months, you have raised your voices for equality. Today, today on behalf of all of us at U.S. Soccer, I want to say 
We hear you, we believe in you, and we're committed to doing right by you. And that is why, that is why over the years, from our development programs to our youth national teams to our professional leagues, the NWSL, to our women's national team, U.S. soccer has invested more in women's soccer than any country in the world. And we will, and we will continue to invest That's probably shaking in his boots at this point. I was I was worried that I uh, actually cut this part out. We will continue to invest more in women's soccer than any country in the world, and we will continue to encourage others, including our friends at FIFA, to do the same. Hmm. At where? FIFA. At FIFA. We believe. Oh, I thought we he believe said at US soccer. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> that all female athletes deserve fair and equitable pay. And together, together, I believe we can get this done. Because, because as this team has taught us, being the greatest isn't just about how you play on the field, it's about what you stand for off the field. Off the field is, yes, what he meant to say there. Um, yeah. Uh, as you were saying, like when that was happening, I imagined that he was. Uh, what flashed before his eyes must have been a public relations nightmare. Yeah. Because no matter what you do, that that almost exactly that, that yeah. pressure is going to be on them, and until they actually provide, you know, equitable wages for women, like he was saying. And a lot of it does come from FIFA, but um, you know, I think if the U.S. if the U.S. Soccer Federation starts to you know, increase the salaries on the domestic level as well. That will be um, that'll be a start, and then maybe FIFA can um, around the world like push the other federations around the world with with um, with domestic women's leagues to do the same. Because you know, on on the na on the national scale, I think that the the U.S. women and and the U.S. men have a little bit of a pay disparity. But you know, I think if it starts at the domestic level, you'll you know, the pressure to do the same on the international level will, will follow. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot to take into account for this. This is def by no means a simple issue, but the women absolutely deserve some form of equitable pay and just a matter of making it work, really. That's kind of what it seems to me. There are, of course, numbers that you need to take into consideration, but... The bottom line is when you have a women's team that's performing this well and you have a men's team that is consistently, constantly underperforming, that you don't have much ground to really stand on outside of, you know, the revenue that is brought in. But another issue. It, they say it's a very complex. Yeah, it's a, it's like it's not just like you're paid X amount of dollars. I'm reading this article right now. I'm, uh, it's a base salary and then winning bonuses yeah. and then some sort of percentage of revenue. It's absurd. Because it's like since 2015, this is according to PolitiFact, the, 
the women's World Cup team brought in slightly more revenue from games than the men's team did. While marketing and sponsorships are sold as a bundle, there are anecdotal signs that the women's brand is surging in popularity. However, it's harder to say whether women are ultimately paid less than the men due to the lack of transparency and the complicated variables that feed into the compensation. Several experts said the reality may be murkier than a shouted catchphrase can capture. Wouldn't surprise me. FIFA has not been uh, known for being the most transparent. (laughs) You think? uh, (laughs) Shocking. uh, You know. Yeah, I mean, like 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 Dan was alluding to in that uh, article. I think that there still is a disparity, even though the women probably have made more money for the U.S. Soccer Federation in the last few years. It comes down to the fact that I believe it. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone can um, hit us up on Mixler or uh, or Anchor or any of our other um, our other podcasting platforms. I believe that the women are only paid in bonuses based on the way that they place in the actual international tournaments, and the men actually are making a, a yearly salary when it comes to playing on the on the national team. Mm. Okay. So. There, there's a lot of different, like Danny said, there's a lot of different factors that go into it, but um, there, there's still there's still um, a lot of work to be done on that front. Absolutely. So kind of moving on from the first of the major tournaments that, w- that took place here on this past Sunday, uh, we're going to wanted to talk a little bit about um, the Gold Cup final before we actually get to the Copa America final. So just wanted to stick with a little bit of a U.S. Um, US theme here. The U.S. actually lost to Mexico. In uh, one is one of the bigger rivalries, especially here in North America, in terms of international soccer, the U.S. lost to Mexico one nil, and it was kind of a um, it was a little bit of a tough game to watch if you're a U.S. fan, which I'm guessing most of the people listening here are. Tale of two halves, really. You know, the U.S. was one of the, they they were definitely on the front foot, um, at least through the first like you know 25 30 minutes of the match. Um, they was a, there was a big, big chance missed by Josie Altador after he really um, put the moves on a, on a Mexican defender, but he shot the ball wide of the nets, um, which was really was one of the probably the best chance the U.S. got all night. Um, and then in the second half, Mexico really just they were pressing us and pressing us high up the field. They the U.S. really couldn't possess the ball and, and put a good move together, and Mexico um, ended up coming out on top. A goal by Jonathan Dos Santos. Um, I believe or in the midpoint of the second half really um, really broke us down and we weren't able to uh, to you know we weren't able to score after that really even possess the ball um, so shout out to Mexico for for beating the US in the in the gold Cup final but I think this was um, a little bit of progress here by the US men's national team even because they weren't really looking too strong before this gold Cup had gotten started they, they lost to um, Venezuela and and Jamaica before the actual tournament. So the fact that they got to the final, they played well. Mexico is a really good team, even though they are missing a number of their um, of their players. Um, shout out to the U.S. for um, for improving. This is definitely kind of the sort of improvement that the fans of the United States team were looking to see, especially when you consider the failure of not even making the World Cup last year and losing to Jamaica right before this. Like, yeah, it was a very and the, yeah. And the fact that they they ended up beating Jamaica in the in the semifinal was was a huge was a huge uh, accomplishment for them. Because that was a team that um, may have had, may have been occupying some space in the U.S. players' minds. You know, they just lost to them a few weeks ago, but um, they, the, the, I believe, there was a solo goal by um, by Weston McKinney 
that um, that got the U.S. the victory uh, last week. Well, speaking of things that happened last week, uh, we had oh no, we're not we're not ready to go there yet. We're still. Yeah. Uh, Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I'm sorry. Uh, moving on, just wanted to talk about the third of the of the tournaments that happened on Sunday. Soccer Sunday Sunday was a huge soccer day here in the U.S. Uh, besides the three tournaments that were on TV, there was also some L- MLS games. But the Can third, I, wait, 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 where was the Copa America on TV? Oh yeah, we should. The Copa America was. Um, was it not? Because it was. I don't think it was broadcast on television. It in was. America. I think it was only on some Spanish channels. I could not find it to save but, my but life. Before before we actually move on to the Copa America final, one thing that that really stood out to me about the Gold Cup final. I'm sorry. No, no problem. I forgot about this too. It took place at Soldier Field in Chicago. Really. It took place at Soldier Field in Chicago. That's obviously a, one of the bigger cities in the United States. The crowd at that game, you would have thought that it was in Mexico City. It was 90 to 10 Mexico fans to U.S. fans. Oh, God. That stadium was sold out, and there were so many more Mexican fans there than than U.S. fans. I mean, I don't don't know what to say about it. Apparently, people around the Chicago area didn't really want to go to the game. But um, it it was certainly made for a pro-Mexican atmosphere, and whether or not that had an effect on the players, who knows? But... um, I thought that the U.S. soccer and, you know, U.S. soccer fans in general really could have done a better job by creating a better environment and atmosphere for the men's team in the final well, when it's in their own country. That was July 4th weekend too, right? That w- Yeah. So yeah. That, that could have played into it. But you know Definitely. what? Fans outside of America uh, for soccer, they're very, very rabid and um, loyal as opposed to, like, I know that it seems like over here that a lot of fans like, oh, I'll root for them. I'll, I'll watch it if it's on, if I come across it. Like these people, like you'll see bars in the city and stuff. Here's a, here's your Venezuela more. Here's your, you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. there's bars designated for each country for soccer. Yep, just you know? for the international team. Yeah, yeah. and it's, like, it's amazing because on a lesser scale, when I lived in Florida, uh, they used to have bars for each NFL team. You went to a Pittsburgh bar to watch the Steelers. You went right. to, and but like you see, there's such it's something they latch onto, and it seems to not be the case with American fans. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think the I think it's growing, but it is growing. You, no, when, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but yeah. when you have an, a a display like that where there's ninety yeah, percent Mexican fans in in a U.S. city, um, that's not a good showing. But um, I think that's you know the the U.S. soccer it's it's growing slowly. We we can only um, kind of watch and wait for it to, uh, to you know get to the point where um, I don't maybe maybe the fact maybe the way that like Mexicans take their soccer um, we'll have to wait and see. The Mexican fans will absolutely travel for their uh, oh, national absolutely. team, and absolutely. that's never been a doubt. Now, uh, as as an aside, uh, where would you how would you rank the men's World uh, ranking in the men's teams nationally, like uh, world, uh, who's still number is uh, Germany, Netherlands up there, and Brazil and Italy. Or you have no grasp. Right, I mean, on it right, right, right now. off the top, no, I definitely do. But I would say France is definitely the best team in the world still. Okay, that's that's undisputed. There, the the pool of talent in France is just it's so deep, so deep. I mean, they have players around the world playing for some of the best clubs in the world. Um, 
but the other I don't I don't have a specific ranking, but some of the other best teams in the world, obviously. Um, I would say Portugal is up there. The Netherlands is, you know, really on the rise. Whoa. Okay. England is England is also a very good team. I'm gonna give Who you else? Brazil. I'm gonna give you the uh, the top. I'll give you the top uh, eight. Just Germany, right off. obviously, as well. Go ahead. Going going from bottom to top. Uruguay, Spain. Uruguay. Croatia, Portugal, England, Brazil, France. And your number one ranked team Belgium. nationally, Belgium. Yep, Belgium. Belgium yeah. is definitely up there as well. Belgium. I mean, it's that amazing. And that does, does that stuff work the same way like uh, Olympics, where like your great 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 grandfather was born in Hungary, so you could go be, even though you live in America, th- you could be a skier. For I Hungary. think it's only um, two generations. Okay. So I think it's like if your grandparents or your parents were born in that one country, then okay. Um, then you can choose to go and play for them. The U.S. actually just got a, a player from that used to be playing for um, New Zealand because his mom, no, his dad was born there, but his mom was born in the U.S., so they, he decided to come over and play for the U.S. team, Tyler Boyd. Um, good shout for him. Good. But, um, but moving on from Sorry U.S. soccer talk. No, 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 that's a, that's a good aside. I like that. Uh, moving on from U.S. soccer talk, the third and final tournament that took place this past Sunday was the Copa America final between Brazil and Peru. Now, Brazil actually ended up beating Peru um, 3-1 to one in the game. And it was a little bit, I mean, for me personally, a little bit of a surprise that, um, that Peru actually made it there ahead of Chile. But um, Gabriel Jesus, you know, he, he, played, he played a really good game. And he had a kind of a unique trifecta here. Not a, not a hat trick, but he did have a goal, an assist, and a red card. That's good. Um, in one game. But um, luckily enough for Brazil, Peru actually also had a, a red card in the game. So... Um, for most of the game, that was um, actually not necessarily most of the game, but the game was played towards the end by um, two teams with only ten players. But um, shout out to Brazil for um, for being one of the dominant teams and probably the dominant team in South America as they came away with, from the tournament with a three to one victory um, over Peru. So shout th- out to uh, Gabriel Jesus yeah. with what I can te- for what I can tell that is the first time I've encountered this. That that my friend is soccer's version of a Gordie Howe hat trick, wherein you get a goal, (laughs) an assist, and in this case, it's a red card or ejected, but in hockey, it would be a fight. So can we think think of a player who was a a dominant player and a little on the edge in soccer and dubbed this after his name, this this, uh, Gabriel trifecta after this uh, famous player I would say um, Sergio Ramos Sergio Ramos is the guy who comes to to mind over that not necessarily a guy that scores a lot of goals or gets a lot of assists but he is if there's definitely one player that is a little bit edgy it is Sergio Ramos he's got the most red cards of all time is he the biter no, that's um, that's Luis Suarez. Ah, he's not the biter, but he, this guy is known for launching in with the rash tackle and um, baiting people into into cards on 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 his own. There's an art form to that, I would say. Yeah, there is an art form. Yeah, being a little rat, <laughs> you know, but under the skin. Yeah, yeah. But I was uh, celebrating the 4th, and uh, I got a notification on my phone. And the first thing I did when I saw this notification was text Ike. Because Chelsea Football Club managed to get their manager, Frank Lampard, signed last week. And as a Chelsea fan, Ike, I'm just going to pass this right off to you. Thank you, Jesus. This has been one of the 
longest, you know, longest rumors that has been um, that has been around Chelsea Football Club really since Frank Lampard took the managerial job last year at Derby County. Everyone is like, oh, when is he gonna when is he gonna get the Chelsea job? When is he gonna get the Chelsea job? And it turns out that he's got the job now. Uh, Frank Lampard is finally the manager of Chelsea after agreeing to a um, a contract buyout clause with Derby County. And Chelsea's greatest ever goal scorer and, you know, may be the greatest ever player to ever play for the club is finally the club's manager. And uh, Chelsea fans are buzzing. I mean, it's always nice to see something full circle come like that. Absolutely. That would be like if Tom Brady ended up coaching the Patriots or, you know, Ben Roethlisberger ended up coaching the Steelers. We can only hope that it ends up better than Wayne Gretzky coaching the Coyotes, though. Is he not a good coach? Wayne Gretzky was a much better hockey player than he was a coach. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a uh, little update. Uh, Marisnik, uh, two game suspension for that collision at the plate. That's that seems it from seems what I from, from what I can fair. tell with baseball, it seems fair. Yeah. Yeah, two of one sixty. I mean, well, they they gave a they gave Machado a game for his issue when he yelled at the ref. So I mean. I don't know. Baseball's hard to tell. Baseball is very hard to tell. But uh, but yeah, so Chelsea got their their manager of the future. Um, there's actually assurances that um, he will be given time, and Chelsea won't fire him if he does if he doesn't do that well this oh, first season. That's always good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I believe there that's one of the reasons why the um, the negotiations took so long for him to sign the sign the contract. But um, but yeah, so they're in great shape. Although they did draw 1-1 to an Irish club called Bohemians yesterday in the first game of preseason, it's that uh, that time of year where um, clubs around the world are getting back to getting back to training with them, with uh, with some of the players who didn't actually play international soccer this summer. Some of them are slowly, um, some of the players that did play internationally are slowly coming back in, and um, and yeah. So another quick Premier League news that um, Laurent Koscielny is kind of going AWOL from Arsenal. This isn't on the rundown. I actually just saw this earlier. Um, I'm not sure if he's Laurent Koscielny. He's the center back. He's actually the club captain. So it's kind of it's kind of shocking that um, a guy in that, in that stature within the club would, would be um, not really putting his best foot forward. He's kind of – I'm not sure if he's looking for a new contract or to be transferred to another team, but that was that was very shocking to me when I saw it. Well, I can only hope that everything's okay and that, you know, it's yeah, I mean, just merely it, a contract dispute. Yeah, I, I'm guessing it's a contract dispute. I haven't seen any – if there was anything other than um, a contract dispute, probably would have seen um, some kind of tabloid about it um, in the last few days, but I'm just seeing this today. So there's probably more news to come out about it later, but um, we'll keep you uh, up to date on the Ron Koscielny's situation. That, yeah. And um, to wrap up our soccer talk for today – Wanted to just dive into a little bit of transfer news here, um, some stuff that I've seen along the the transfer wires in the last um, few weeks since our hiatus here. First, first up, Romelu Lukaku. He's the striker for Manchester United. That's actually been uh, you know just replaced by Marcus Rashford, and he's unhappy about that. So he's looking to leave, and it seems like he's on the road to Italy. And Inter Milan is rumored to be interested in play, um, putting down a bid for about 80 million, and that's in U.S. dollars. 
um, Inter Milan coached by Antonio Conte, who was previously the manager with Chelsea and um, who was rumored to be interested in signing Romelu Lukaku a few years ago from Everton. So that's not really surprising that Inter Milan wants to sign the guy. He's a big, strong striker who's really a good fit for um, Antonio Conte's system that um, that relies on a target man, and that's exactly what Romelu Lukaku is. Definitely a finisher for that. At that, he can, absolutely. Yeah. He's got. Um, he's got for a player his age. He's got. You know, I think he's got over a hundred goals for someone, and it's very rare for a, some a player under twenty five to have that kind of record. Yeah, I was going to say Premier he's League. not old. No, he's not old at all. He yeah. and he was scoring twenty plus goals a season yeah, at he, Everton when he was at, you know, in I mean, like eight, in like nineteen, twenty, twenty one years old. Romelu Lukaku is our age. Like he is twenty six years old. He's six days older than me, and he has a hundred goals already. That's absurd. Yeah, shout to him. He, one of the greats. That's definitely one of the best players. Um, Everton has ever had, maybe not, had, didn't have the best kind of career for the last few years over in Manchester United, but we'll see if he actually goes to Italy. Moving over from Italy over to Spain, we wanted to talk about Barcelona. Now, there's a few different things going on with Barcelona. There's a lot of rumors about the players that they're trying to sign, namely Neymar, one of the best players in the world who they actually sold to PSG two years ago. Now, they sold him for over 200 million dollars. I mean, uh, 200 million euros. And he enjoyed, he must have enjoyed his first season at PSG. But this past season, um, the way that Kylian Mbappe, who is now one of the best players in the world, and he's actually, I just saw um, a ranking of him being the most valuable player under t- the age of 21, he's actually worth over 200 million euros about 234 to be exact I believe it was the the figure he's the he's the king of PSG now and Neymar wants out because of that and over the last month or a month and a half or so there's been a lot of rumors about Neymar wanting out and um, the actual sporting director of PSG came out on Monday saying that um, Neymar is available for the right price so it's up to Barcelona to see if they can come up with the cash to actually be able to purchase him back because if Messi wants a guy Barcelona is going to go out and try to sign him. But the thing about that is, they're also rumored to be trying to sign Antoine Griezmann, who is one of the best players for France, who used to play for Atletico Madrid. Now, they actually are, Barcelona is actually apparently too short on cash to be able to afford um, Antoine Griezmann. Now, he apparently is rumored to be about to be signed by Barcelona for about 134 million euros after his um, release clause went down since um, the beginning of June. But because they're so short on cash, Barcelona actually paid some of their their team employees three days late. And they're in in negotiations with banks around around Spain right now to be able to borrow enough money to be able to sign um, Griezmann and Neymar. So that's that's concerning. That's very concerning. Absolutely. Wow. So I. and then Atletico Madrid is also, you know, trying to increase the release cl- uh, increase the amount of money that Barcelona is actually going to pay to them because when Barcelona apparently signed a pre-contract with um, with Antoine Griezmann back in March, in his contract the release clause at that time was over two hundred million, and at, as of as of June first or is it June whatever the date was recently here in the last month or so the release clause dropped down to about one hundred and thirty million. And because they signed the pre-contract in March, 
Atletico Madrid are trying to get them to pay that $200 million that it was originally supposed to be. So Barcelona is in a little bit of um, a cash crisis here. Wow. That, that so is... we'll, we'll see. And if they can manage to sign Griezmann and Neymar, hats off to them. But uh, it'll, they'll have, they're in the middle of a little bit of a financial juggling right now. Just really curious. The basketball club Barcelona and the football club Barcelona, those are two separate entities, right? Two separate entities owned by the same organization. Okay, cool. I was just curious about that because I know um, Nikola Mirotic, uh, he's actually going to be playing for Barcelona. Uh, he's going to be the highest paid player in the right. Euro League. Right. So I imagine that their their money's coming from the same area. Yep. So that's definitely going to be interesting. Wow. 100%. Okay. Uh, a few other few other transfer rumors moving on from Barcelona. Matthias Delict definitely mentioned him um, on a few shows ago. He is the 19-year-old captain of the Ajax football team that um, that made it to the Champions League semifinal. He's on his way to Juventus. Apparently, apparently there is a an agreement in place um, for Delict in terms of personal terms, in terms of his actual monetary value, but um, the actual um, the contract between the clubs, Ajax and Juventus, has yet to be confirmed. So it looks like he's on his way. He's got one of the biggest agents in, in world soccer. So he's looking forward to going to Juventus at some point soon, although he just showed up to his, um, his own team's preseason training. And Paul Pogba also wants to leave Manchester United, um, kind of similar to his teammate Romelu Lukaku. Um, whether or not he goes back to his original club of Manchester um, of um, of Juventus, sorry, um, or or Real Madrid, that's up in the air. Not quite sure which of those two clubs wants to sign him yet. All we know is that Paul Pogba wants out for sure. And then the final final soccer rumor here is kind of a funny one in, in my opinion. West Ham, um, a team in West London, is bidding for. Gonzalo Higuain, and now as a Chelsea fan myself, that's pretty funny to me because in in 16 appearances since January with Chelsea, he only had five goals, and he was notorious for his bad fitness levels. He, he came in overweight, never really lost a weight, didn't really, um, wasn't really able to play that much because of it. And now that now that uh, West Ham is trying to sign him from his parent club Juventus, I find that hilarious. We'll see whether or not um, the 45 million euros bid is accepted from Juventus. I'm sure they just want to get him off the books. So the, if if this rumor is true that West Ham actually wants to sign him, it'll probably go through, and they'll probably have a um, a not so great striker on their hands. Well, I mean, you know, it's always good because when I played soccer, um, I was I was always one of the faster kids, you know, around, and I that's that was one of the things I loved. I loved that I could just kind of outrun everyone, and that would leave me alone right so as a striker it's ideal to be fast what what good is a slow striker he's known as a good finisher maybe he's savvy okay so maybe okay so for corner kicks he's a savvy guy okay but okay corner kicks maybe in the offensive zone where you don't have to do a lot of movement okay i guess that makes sense but mm. but But put it in perspective an out of shape soccer player is probably in much better shape than true a baseball player like well Bartolo Colon yeah. is and or was a baseball <laughs> player. Yeah. Oh. You know what's uh, funny with him, though? He was very athletic. He was like a dancing bear. 
that guy. Really? Like, you would see him jump off the mound on a bunt, and you're like, did I just see that? <laughs> that he went there, he got it quick, and threw it off balance with no problem? The only time, the last time I really remember saying, did I ever, did I really see that? Andrea Bargnani won on the Knicks, like, shortly after. He got the ball at the top of the key, and he laid a dirty crossover on someone. It, yeah. it is gained fame as the Barg's over. And, you know, that's <laughs> I, I didn't over. believe I saw it because it was Andrea Bargnani. So, you know. Hey, you know, th- that's what happened. You don't expect it from somebody, and it probably looked like it was more nasty than it Who'd really was. Who would have thunk it that there was a, there was a basketball player in Andrea Bargnani? Who would have thought there was a reason he was drafted number one overall? You guy runs up to you because I got this, and they go, "What? What, what happened?" You know. Ah, uh, well. So uh, in the so, in your so are these transfer fees? Are all these teams in the same league? No. So a league and player, uh, a a team and player in League B, can purchase a bid on a player for transfer in League A. Yep. Yeah, it's all Ooh. regulated by FIFA. By FIFA. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. It huh. is. Yeah. So, so it would be like, like, like say, uh, say there was like a guy lighting up the CFL, lighting up the CFL. Mm-hmm. So, the Patriots say, "I like that guy. I'm gonna buy him, like bid on him to yeah. come." To, it would be something similar to that. Yeah. Okay. There is some sort of a. There's a system in place for when things like that happen because Brandon Browner was a CFL All Star, and then. Uh, the year or two after he joined the Seahawks right. and started and formed uh, the Legion of Boom. There have been other uh, CFL players to jump to the NFL. Warren Moon. Warren Moon. That um, back in the day. Oh, God. What's his name? He was uh, Cameron Wake. Yes. Was yes. One. That was, that's the most recent like of prominence, right? Yeah. yeah. Would have to be. But the one, good. The one that really stands out in my mind, it's not so much that he started off in the CFL, but, oh, my God. Rocket Ishmael. Yeah. Rocket Ishmael was I drafted, but then elected to go to Canada yeah. because they were willing to pay him just some ridiculous amount of money. Doug and Flutie. Yeah, Doug Flutie's a big... Yep. I read an article that... You Warren know, Moon had to play in the CFL. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Warren Moon had to play in the CFL. Um, and Condredge Holloway played in the CFL, and he didn't get a shot in the, N- the NFL. I know that. There's one more. Um, Tyreek Hill. No, he didn't play. I'm, in the I'm CFL. kidding. He I'm kidding. In, he didn't play in the CFL, and I and I think the CFL is better to you know not let him play. If they've already banned Johnny Manziel, Tyreek Hill is definitely not going to be allowed to play in the CFL. Definitely not. But yeah, we might as well shift to uh, our football topics at this point. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, as we were briefly mentioning, there is some stuff on Tyreek Hill. Some new audio came out, and uh, it's. We were talking about it earlier. It's about what we expected. I mean, yeah. it doesn't shed a light on anything new. He doesn't admit to anything. But it's the type of thing that you would really expect from someone Tyree Kill, like of Tyreek Hill to say. It's absurd. I mean, he basically goes off and he accuses uh, his w- wife, girlfriend, mother of child, baby mama. Yep, baby mama. Baby mama. That's what we're going to stick with. He accuses his baby mama of... Um, you know, hitting her in 2014, and he goes through the motions of denying it. Like you, like it's there. It's not none of this. Everything that came out does nothing to help him, but it right. also does nothing to really add to anything that could get him. You know, 
outright suspended or charged or anything. So it just seems like the story that one never end without having any news to it. That seems like what it's destined to happen. Now it's just going to be a suspension for some undetermined amount of time. And I'm, at this rate, it's probably looking like well, is he's suspended right now, right? Well, no, no. He's, he's not. Not yet. They're still investigating. I thought I thought he was. Well, no, the, the investigation by the authorities is closed. But he met league. with he met with the NFL last week or or no it's two weeks like, ago yeah. I believe. Um, he, he's suspended. No, yeah. he's not. The league didn't name you. Got no, you no, sure you're not suspended him? Oh, the chief. Oh, there. right. The, the chief suspended, suspended him from team activities. That's yes, what it was. The, so right now he's still suspended, but it's. But the league could come come in and add to it. Or, or just say that's sufficient, maybe? I can't see him missing more than six games. Six, I would think. Is if, if he even gets six games, I would be surprised at this yeah, point. The honest, Chiefs, like the it's Chiefs likely are, he'll get three, probably. Yeah, the more, one of the more lenient teams in the league for giving players second chances, even though this is Tyreek Hill's maybe third or fourth chance Kareem in this, in this specific case. So if I had to guess, I would say that Tyreek Hill is maybe suspended by the Chiefs, not the NFL, for maybe – Three games, yeah, tops. That sounds. Likely. And then, and then the NFL can there because he's already been suspended. They don't. They would be like, oh well, he's already served a punishment. And the authorities never actually came up with any concrete evidence. The the case was closed, so After that'll that, be it. The only and then thing move on. Keep him out of games and, is jail. Yeah, yeah. But they're going to turn a blind eye to it. Uh, it's a shame too, but all we can do is kind of hold our breath and wait. And right now, it's just everything that yeah. comes out about it is not. Yeah, looking really. Good. Just hope for the good fortune of that uh, of that three year old. That's yeah, really. You just hope broken. for the hope the best for the three year old. Like that's th- there is a yeah. child in this case. That's like the lost. Uh, that's what uh, seems to get lost in all of this. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, people are like, well, what round should I draft him in the fantasy draft? Really, really? Yeah, that's what you're worried about because those are the, the people who drafted <laughs> Le'Veon Bell in the first round last year. Huh. <laughs> oh, uh, a couple of years ago, I drafted uh, Zeke. In the first round, but I had the last pick in the first, like second to last pick in the first round. I accidentally round. drafted Ezekiel Elliott in the first round uh, last year, and I was so so mad. And then immediately after my the pick, um, someone was like, "Hey, I'll give you whoever you want for Zeke," and I'm just like, "Just take whoever, just anyone. I do not want Ezekiel Elliott on my huh. team. It has, I, I, it has everything to do with the fact that I'm a Giants fan. I could not actively be rooting for Ezekiel Elliott to be good. Yeah, especially when they play the Giants twice a year. It kills me. No, I couldn't do it. But speaking of running backs, oh. wanted to talk a little bit about Melvin Gordon. That came out today. Yeah, Melvin Gordon. This is some recent news that um, he's unhappy with his contract situation that's going on right now. He actually, it's essentially a pay me or trade me type situation. And um, I would be, I'd be surprised if the Chargers really don't make a, a concrete effort to go and sign him, given one of the biggest contracts in the NFL for running backs. Because as of right now, he's the eleventh highest paid running back in the NFL. He's and he's way outperformed the contract that he that he um, got drafted at. So yeah, and he's still he's on the last year of that rookie deal, right? I believe so. Yeah. And I was looking on uh, before on Twitter, though, as we discussed earlier, like where would he be a good fit? And Dave Richard from CBS Sports, he's a fantasy guy. He's really good. He said that Texans could fit him into the thing and cut Lamar Miller and still save $6 million against the cap. Wow. Really? Lamar Miller must have quite a deal. Hmm. They also have Dante Foreman, but he's also coming back from an Achilles. He was at Texas, I think, right? 
Dyke or Deontay? Dyke, yes, yep. Deontay Foreman was a Texas player. Well, whatever the Texans decide to do, they yeah. will not be with. It will not be their general manager making that decision because that's right. They Houston Texans will not be hiring a general manager, and for at least 2019, they're going to split up the duties between four front office members. Shocking. That sounds like that's going to work out really good. Yeah, I mean, they're they've got they've got guys in place that'll that'll be able to do the job, but Watch the fact Bill that they're Ryan. yeah, I mean, Bill O'Brien is is essentially their their pseudo GM at this point. Exactly. Um, but I mean. Keep an eye. I said this on my on my podcast, which I'll plug later. But keep an eye out for the Nick Casario situation with the Patriots. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries somehow to either buy himself out of the contract with the Patriots or really just make some noise in order to get over to the Texans. But I know for a fact Nick Casario wants badly to have his own team be the official general manager of a team. I wouldn't be surprised if if next offseason he really pushes to become the Texas general manager. Okay. Is he the Patriots assistant GM? He's no. He's the Patriots. I believe it's VP of player personnel. He doesn't ah. actually have a, a GM title because Bill Belichick yes. is a GM. But um, he's he's known as one of the best the best personnel guys in the league. Is he's built well. He's helped build this team into um, one of the longest. He's helped sustain one of the longest standing dynasties in pro sports in America. Yeah. For the for the last you know however long so. He definitely deserves a shot to build his own team and try to try to challenge the Patriots in the AFC. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm and oh, by the way, you were right about the Melvin Gordon contract situation. This is the last year of his contract. He's making about five point six million. Um, but you know, he de- he deserves a, a contract like some of the other highest paid running backs in the NFL. Wouldn't necessarily give him Le'Veon Bell type money, but I would I would pay him probably. I would give him Todd know, Gurley money. Yeah, exactly. If mm-hmm. Todd Gurley's getting paid for paid what he is, when Todd Gurley has arthritis in his knee at the age that he is, yeah, I'd give Melvin Gordon that you know, money easy. Uh, exactly. How did they miss that? What do you mean? The Rams? Or they knew that, like, that should have been, like, one of their... The man blew out his knee before he got drafted. I re- no, how did they not know about the arthritis? I mean, he's under your that, team. That, team. Could, have develop- I, that the, could have developed. I was going to say, it probably developed after that first knee As someone yeah. who whose knees are probably arthritic, that just it's just not it develops. Yeah. Like, that's kind of it. Yeah. But usually they say, like, uh, I mean, doctors that I've gone to, they've told me uh, you get the the beginning of arthritis in your shoulder. That's probably where they're at. It's probably just the beginning signs. I'm surprised they didn't say it. Be like, you know what? Unless they said the heck with it. Let's give it to him, take care of him. I mean, I think they were more than willing to. When he's he's good, the talent's there. Oh, yeah. Quite frankly, arthritis is a condition. It's not really something that you can – it's something that you can deal with as you kind of – yeah, it's it's tough, but it's an interesting situation yep. for sure. Um, so think of all these guys, like Melvin Gordon. Jeez, uh, like he should be making more than – he's probably the top – what, top five? Top five in the league? At running back, yeah. Absolutely. You would say Saquon Barkley, Elliott. Bell, Zeke, um, Gordon. Kamara? And Alva Kamara, yeah, yeah. I would Those say I would say I would be comfortable with you calling. What them I the mean, best five. in no specific order. No, but, but, but yeah, those yeah, are exactly. those are definitely the top I'd be, five. Guys. I'd be totally comfortable with you calling that the top five. Um, Todd Gurley, again, when healthy, definitely in the yeah. mix. As as of right now, though, I McCaffrey, mean, you, you saw what you saw what happened in the McCaffrey's uh, in the playoffs. on the rise. Oh my God, Christian yeah. McCaffrey is going to have a good year. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially if Luke Kuechly trying to tackle him. <laughs> well, he can only hope that Luke Ke- Luke Keekley is Keekley, trying to I can him. never say his name. It, it's spelled 
so weird. Yeah. But yes, I don't know how many of you out there saw this, but Luke Keekley uh, was at a football camp for you know eleven year oldish area preteens for sure. And this one eleven year old really put a move on him. <laughs> he honestly kind of shook him out of his shoes there. Yeah, a little bit. It, and this is an eleven year old kid, and when an NFL athlete, especially one at middle linebacker, <laughs> gets shook out of his shoes by an eleven year old, he's gonna he's gonna get a little testy. And you so, saw what happened so, on the so second iteration. In, I think so that's great. And, uh, I love that. Oh man, it's a good thing the eleven year old has some sense of you know danger because <laughs> he Keekley just flew at him. <laughs> yeah. He, and in the second, right. in the second, he didn't give him. He eliminated his space. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the second, in the second yeah. uh, iteration of that drill, Keekley literally just ran the little kid over. Didn't yeah. even give him time to put a move on. Um, but it looked like it was a friendly enough atmosphere where people weren't uh, kind of getting testy at Keekley um, after after rocking a, an eleven year old. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. And I'm, I'm sure he signed the waiver, but still, that's. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there, there must have been. I don't think. Side. I don't think there's any clause in mm-hmm. that for getting decked by an NFL linebacker. Right. Do you think? Do you think they can dock pay in his contract? Do you, is it against the rules for, in this contract for him to tackle 11 year olds off off the NFL field? I These are know. things that we don't know. That's yeah, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> but they like the longest of, yard. He got speaking of flying, um, Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. We knew the man had a cannon and I could mean, let it fly. Odell Beckham Jr. is one of those guys that would be an absolute star at any sport he played. We know he can ball. His, his, exactly. We know he can play basketball. His parents were track stars at LSU. Of course they were. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously, he's um, a superstar wide receiver. But not only can he play wide receiver, but he would probably be a halfway decent quarterback as well. Now, I saw this video this morning, actually. Odell Beckham was at um, a workout with some other NFL players. Joe Hayden was there. Joe Hayden was there. And from one end zone, Odell Beckham Jr. gathers himself and chucks a football over 100 yards into the opposite end zone. Now, this guy's a wide receiver. You've seen him throw one major pass. He had that, he had that touchdown pass the, the other year. Um, I'm, I only remember one, but um, regardless, he's got a, a cannon for an arm. And after he actually made that throw, he literally called out Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. He's like, I want to challenge you guys to a throw-off. And honestly, I don't know if he's got the same kind of throw speed, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's a close competition because Odell Beckham Jr. continues to shock me every, every time he steps onto the field. He is one in a million, as it turns out. and Well, not that we're all surprised by that. but I think the more important, impressive feat is Josh Norman jumping over a bull. Yeah, what? Did, have you seen? Did you see that? Josh Norman jumping over a bull. I'm looking that up right now. Oh, please do. He was in Spain. I don't know the exactly running, when the running this, with uh, the running of the bulls. Yeah. And when they were at the end of the 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 running, when they're in the actual arena, he literally like thankfully the bull's not looking at him, but he literally jumps over the bull and then hops the fence. <laughs> I mean, Josh Norman's always been known as a guy who's a little a little um, eccentric to say the least, but. Um, but man, that's that's you got to have it. He a, cleared that bowl and then oh, some. Easy. He had room. Easy. Oh my god. That yeah. guy's got a, quite a set on him to be yes, jumping over, he does, <laughs> jumping, man. over jumping over a bull. Because I know if I was, a in the, I would animal. I wouldn't even do the damn running of the bulls, and let alone be trying to jump over. All one. the bull has to do it's, is just lift its head at the right time, and he is done. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, and you, then you're you not just, secured. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, done exactly. Exactly, and then and who knows if you able to be able to play after that. Yeah, play. Oh my god. 
But um, but still, that's something else though. Odell throwing that thing a hundred oh, yards. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. But uh, let's see, what else do we got? What else do we got? Josh uh, Josh Jacobs. Oh, that's a, that's a positive story. Josh Jacobs was um, yeah. I believe one of the last rookies the that last, had. He was the last rookie. The last drafted uh, rookie. That wow. Was signed, that so was he he still didn't have an NFL contract signed at this point, but um, apparently in the last few days here, Josh Jacobs and the Raiders finally agreed to a deal. So good for him. Happy to hear that. What do you see him sliding in? He's going to take over. You got, Marshall, you got Marshawn Lynch still. No, he's not. No, Marshawn Lynch retired. He did? Yeah. yeah I missed did. that. Yeah. I'm surprised. I thought Very they were... under the radar. Really? Yeah. Typical Marshawn. He was only here, so he didn't get fined anyway. So. Yeah. Yep. What about a Skittle? <laughs> Favorite interview. <laughs> what happened to a Skittles? Huh? What happened to Marshawn Lynch's Skittles? Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure he's still he's sponsored still, by Skittles. Very, the, the, Anything could happen, and he would not lose that sponsorship. <laughs> so sure it's going it. to be uh, uh, Doug Martin and um, Jacobs? Uh, no, it's going to be, um, it looks like, Jacobs and uh, Jalen Richard, who, oh, my God, there are a lot of dumb things that NFL players did, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's get some actual news out so of So Jalen Richard's going to get a shot to play? A shot to play. I love it so much. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. Anyway, right. um the Arizona Cardinal, the uh, supplemental draft happened. There were a couple big prospects. There was a wide receiver out of West Virginia that people were talking about, uh, Sims. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. De- I think his name is Dion Sims. Marcus Sims. Marcus. Something. Yeah, I mean, I, all I know is that um, the wide, West Virginia wide receivers. There's a couple of them that did get drafted in the regular NFL draft back in April, but yeah. the, Will Greer, who was their quarterback last year, was throwing to a couple talented guys, and um, yeah, it looks like did so. Did the, the guy actually get drafted or no? No. Sims, unfortunately, did went unclaimed in the draft. However, there was a safety, uh, Jalen Thompson, and he was taken in the fifth round by the Arizona Cardinals. So congratulations to him. Good for him. Uh, it's, it's not often that players actually do get drafted in the supplemental the draft. The supplemental draft yeah. is always interesting to me. There have been a number of very talented players selected in the supplemental draft. You had mm-hmm. um, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon was taken in the supplemental draft. Navarro mm-hmm. Bowman was taken in the supplemental draft. Was he? Yeah, the, six, the third or sixth round. In wow. like 2006. Wow. Dave Brown. Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> Why? He was supplemental, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was. Yes, mm. he was. A first round pick in the supplemental draft for a Duke quarterback. When, uh, it's almost. Uh, Duke quarterbacks. Oh, Duke quarterbacks in the first round. Duke quarterbacks in the first round. I miss um. that, Lewis. <laughs> what? But to uh, save Zach from having to, to expound on that thought. Um,. At the another quick SB story, the Rams Chief Week Eleven game was actually voted the game of the year by the SBs. I totally sports, agree. Right? I believe so. Yeah, Good. I didn't actually watch the SBs, but that was I remember watching that game, and that was the most entertained I'd ever been by a regular season game. My, I had family in town. My cousins, my uncle, were all just enamored with this football game, and. What was the score like? Fifty three, fifty one, I think. Like, oh god, something like that. Fifty one, forty five. Yeah, I didn't like that game. If it's like a video game to me, I'm like, come on, somebody play defense. I'm old. There, I'm there was, gonna, there was a little gonna, defense though. There was some sacks, some interceptions. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's the joke. You, you, Danny talked, but you couldn't hear him because I've lowered his mic after saying <laughs> that. <laughs> Uh, it's like a video game, man. Yeah. Like, it was, but it, that's entertaining, man. It was, it, and and the fact that it happened on Monday Night Football too. Oh, the NFL perfect. and ESPN were they probably had their mouths drooling at that point. Overjoyed. Um, the Bucks 
cornerback Ryan Smith was recently suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. It's going to be the normal four-game suspension. Nothing out of the ordinary. He's been one of their better players, though, on the defensive side of the yeah, ball. Yeah, he's, um, he's a fourth-year fourth corner from a small school, I believe, in North Carolina. I'm not quite sure, but he's uh, he's a decent player for the, for the Bucks, and that's going to be a loss to them because they're in a little bit of a transition now that um, Bruce Arians is taking over as head coach. Um and their other the other corner that they drafted recently um, from Florida, um, Javon Hargraves, has not been what they've been thinking he would be. Vernon Hargraves, yeah. Yeah, yeah Vernon Hargraves. Yeah. He's he's not been he's not been the player that they've thought. So Ryan you know, Ryan Smith has really been a lot a, a bigger player than they thought and it's going to be a loss for them Ooh. in the first four weeks of the season. What's a Hargrave, second year? Uh, third. No, he this was is his third year, I believe. Oh, he yeah. was drafted the same year that Eli Apple was. I remember because Eli Apple was on the board when they decided when the Giants decided to draft him. And as a Florida fan, I said, I, why did you not draft this guy? But you know what? It t- hey, what you know who what? I thought was the next Joe Hayden did not turn out to be the next Joe Hayden. So it is what it is. A lot yeah. of it, too. It's like you say, you don't know. That's why these yeah, guys. It's not an exact, if it was an exact science, every team would have be loaded with superstars. Yep. Or have a time machine. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. <laughs> and, and they develop differently, and it could be a bad fit. You know, you never know. You never know. You never know. One of the top running backs from the last couple of years, though, uh, it looks like Jay Ajayi. Um, David Carr, former Giants quarter, backup quarterback, former Texans quarterback, uh, brother to Derek Carr, is on record saying that Jay Ajayi is going to be teamless come week one. And honestly, the way it seems, I don't disagree. I don't disagree either. I mean, it, it's a today's NFL. Like, unless you're a superstar running back or a recently drafted running back, the odds of you being on a team as like a, a few years in veteran, it's it's lower. Especially if you, because he is coming, coming off, off an off injury. An ACL, yep. He's he's you know like we said, he's been in the league for a few years. You know, a lot of the teams already have their running backs. He's going to mm-hmm. have to wait for training camp to happen and. Um, obviously, I'm not wishing anyone to get an injury, but he's going to have to wait until a team, you know, has an injury at running back, and then he'll then he'll probably generate the interest there. But I don't expect him to be to be highly paid whatsoever. I wouldn't either. I honestly, the role I like for him is, I like him moving in to a uh, kind of backup role uh, yeah. for uh, the Rams. Excuse me. Um, I think that's a good fit. Yeah, that would be a good fit, even though they drafted um, Henderson. No, Dar- no. Dar- uh, you think you were right, Darrell Henderson? Yeah, I think it was. Hen- yeah, because Malcolm Brown was last year. Uh, Malcolm Brown, Brown was on the, the team last yeah, year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's Henderson. But I don't. Why did they let C.J. Anderson go? Was it just m- the money issue? It must have been. He yeah. would have been. He, got, for, he, he got signed by somebody, didn't he? Did he the uh, Lions. Detroit. Detroit. Right? right. Right. But I'm like, why did I? Uh, I don't know their financials. It's weird. Because he ended up ha- having a great year for himself because it started off crummy in Carolina. Uh, the playoff, the, and then la- he went the last to the Rams. Of the season, yeah. and then the mm-hmm. playoffs really revitalized his career. Uh, he was kind of. You know, how about another place for a jive would be uh, Kansas City? That could be. Yeah, that's actually that be, that's a good shot. That running back spot is. It's not so much Damian Williams wide open, but and then and then who else they. Is Spencer Ware still there? I don't Spencer know. Ware is still there, I think, yeah. Who was the other guy that they had a couple of years ago? Kareem Hunt? No, uh, he's in Cleveland. Yes. It was Spencer Ware and somebody else, and the other somebody. Oh, Charkandrick West. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I forget where he is, but he's a He was good. But then if he goes to Kansas City, then. Spencer Ware, by the way, now on the Colts. Then oh. he's, wow. 
if he goes to Kansas, it's like say Jai went to Kansas City. Now he's reunited with Damian Williams, right? Or were they not on the same team? Weren't they both on Miami together? Who? My Jai and Damian Williams. Weren't they on Miami Dolphins together? Maybe I'm actually unfamiliar where Damian. Williams I think that he was on Dolphins. I don't think so. I think or Williams he, is in. They didn't he get drafted by the Chiefs out of UFC? USC. Uh. No. He was undrafted out of Oklahoma. Am I looking at the right oh, guy? Bro, I'm thinking, Am I looking at the a right couple, guy? There's a couple of running backs named Damian Williams in the NFL. Probably, yeah, that's why I want to be sure I'm looking at the right guy. This guy is on the Chiefs. Um, he spent his first four years in Miami. So, yes, he would be oh, reunited right. with uh, J.H.I. Oh. Yeah. Look at that. Blind squirrel finds a nut. Oh, there you go. Thank yeah. you. Uh, uh, Ranger signed Capo. Uh, Capo. Capo Caco? Yeah. yeah. Not, not a real surprise. Sorry. Yeah. So... No, level another another fun story that um, that I thought would be pretty pertinent and that was on the rundown here. <laughs> Bobby Wagner is part of an ex- an exclusive club with the Madden f- video game. So he's actually one of th- only three players that was rated 99 overall, along with Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. And um, I'm kind of surprised by that, to be honest. Like Bobby Wagner is one of the best linebackers in the NFL for sure. But whether or not he's worth a ninety-nine, I would say that you know a guy like Luke Keekley would be would be worth a ninety-nine before before Bobby Wagner. But shout out to him because he's that, one of um, only three players. That was a surprising call for me. Um, I listen. I was aware that Bobby Wagner is one of the better linebackers in this league. But if you would tell me that to pick the best middle linebacker, I would have to agree with you. I would probably lean more towards Luke Keekley somewhere. Hmm. But that's just I don't know. I mean. He's a great player. He deserves it. He earned. He's worked his ass off for it. So hats off to you. But I'm curious to see how he's gonna, how he's gonna actually play this year. I mean, he's the best piece on that Seahawks defense, without a doubt. And they've suffered losses. So we yeah, see. they they sure have. Yep. Well, uh, Khalil Mack and Donald ninety nine. I mean, anyway. those two go without saying. They do. Khalil, <laughs> Khalil yeah. Mack is. The best outside linebacker in the NFL. That's you know, outside linebacker, defensive end. He's one of the best players in the league. But Interior defensive lineman. It's Aaron. Don- it's Aaron Donald, and then there's everyone else. Aaron Donald is he's if he retired today, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Aaron for Donald what he's done. Is, now, he's so good. He's incredible, and it, he's he's a better player than Warren Sapp is, I believe, at this point. He's, wow. He might go down as one of the best interior defensive linemen of all time. And that goes for all the guys that are he actually in the Hall of Fame already. Like, raw power. Exactly. The raw, the raw power, the quickness, the, the his, hand, his hand movement. He's able to get so many sacks, so many tackles for losses. Aaron Donald really shows up in, in all facets of the game. And um, he, he's had the longevity and, and, the, and the health as well. So he, he's, he's on track to be one of the best players that this game has ever seen. Yeah, I have uh, no issue with what you just said, Ike. I mean, he 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 is unbelievable. I and I think people just don't pay attention enough that like, like, like you know it, you know it, uh, uh, Ike and Zach. But like some people just be like, "Wow, that was a great play by that linebacker." And this meanwhile, Darnold's the one that blew up the entire play and leaves gives the linebacker time to make the play because he sheds he eats up so many people because he had he draws double teams even sometimes triple teams 
and he still gets in there. Yeah, he, he's able to. Like I said before, his quickness. Like yeah. he's able to, he's able to defeat double and triple teams, and it, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny when you when you watch it on film. Aaron Donald trying to. I mean offensive line trying to block Aaron Donald and he they're still not able to just get a hand on him because he's as soon as the ball is snapped he's already moving before some of the offensive linemen have even gotten out of their stance every move that he makes with his hands everything is so calculated and so perfect Mm -hmm. I feel bad for offensive linemen because this man is going to dominate you every single time he lines up there and he knows exactly how he's going to do it before he's going to do it and he already probably knows how you're going to react like it's you're done it's, it's, it's a, he's he's exciting to watch, and he's certainly fun to play with in that Madden. He is. That now, he why is. don't you? I think one of our last few stories here, Jacoby Brissett. What what has he gotten into recently? Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Okay, so yeah. um, we'll 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 pick that one first. Uh, these are Jacoby Brissett. Um, he came out recently, and he uh, sent. He asked us uh, on Twitter. My friend sent me this tweet while we were actually doing this. Uh, yeah. Is the sun, if the sun is hot, how is outer space cold? <laughs> That's uh, Jacoby Brissett, everyone. Um, um, what? Yeah. So someone wants to help him understand uh, how that works. Uh, Maybe a little bit better than uh, the guy who responded, of course, was, um, I believe... The Steelers, Josh Dobbs. Yes, aerospace engineering manager. Oh, yeah, he's probably one of the smartest guys in the NFL. Yeah, so he tried to explain it, but it did not go over well, and I unfortunately am not loading. You know, I, I don't think he was serious. I hope he wasn't. I think – are you familiar with a comedian, uh, Stephen Wright? I am not. I'm not. All either. right, he used to do stuff like ask questions like that, like rhetorical okay. questions, but – if you look at the – there's another tweet. There's a tweet from uh, Tom Brady to Brissett. He says, do we need to start a podcast together? And then Brissett responds with, what part of the pig is the skin of the football? So, like, I think he's just joking. <laughs> I, I hope so. But yeah. Josh Dobbs, um, wonderful answer here. Space is a vacuum. There is no air. <laughs> so, Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, here it is. Brady goes, all right, do we need to start a podcast together? And then Brissette says, which part of the pig skin is actually a football? Uh, wow. So Jacoby Brissett may he's just be a thinker. Yeah, I think he's yeah. just – he's bored. It's summer. Maybe. Does he have a team yet? Is he still on the Colts? I think so. Yeah, I believe he's still on the Colts. Yeah. And he said to uh, – in response to Josh Jobs, I've never put my hand inside a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm he's, not, he seems like he's, he's just, funny guy, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, he, he's either the he's either so a genius, uh, like a comedic genius that we haven't encountered before, or oh god, please help him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, I think yeah, I think he's that. That is kind it of looks like, it looks like he's joking. Yeah, I really yeah. hope so. I really really hope so. That yeah. Anyway, moving on to someone who's not joking. Uh, you mentioned someone was going to give Jalen Richard a shot. Yeah. Okay, well, Jalen Richards has uh, come out on Twitter, and he said um, there are new vaccination laws in California, oh. and uh, oh, will there I be some? Yeah, will there be some doctors that y'all think will still see non-vaccinated kids? That's a direct quote from his tweet. So Jalen Richards, of course, has just come out as an anti-vaxer, which 
yeah i mean come on buddy but it is what it is this is you uh, i just want you to do some research some actual research sit down yeah. with the doctor just do some research please vaccinate your kids like come on but yeah that's all i really Jalen got richard man yeah so i really hope josh Jacob, i mean i really <laughs> hope josh jacobs gets that starting spot yeah he he definitely will. I mean, he had such a career at I want to say Alabama. Yeah, yeah. But he I had mean, seventy catches last year, didn't he? Jalen. Yeah. I mean, he's going. Right? Yeah, he, he's I'd he's a he dual threat running there. back. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, jeez, he'll he'll be the pass catching back. I liked him too. I was like, but Josh Jacobs is also known for his dual threat ability as well. Right. So we'll, so we'll see. I mean, I believe that. I mean, they wouldn't have drafted him in the first round if they didn't think that he was going to be the bell cow for them. So um, I'd keep an eye out for um, for Josh Jacobs to be the number one guy. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely why they drafted him. But Jalen Richard will definitely add a little bit of dynamicness to er, that, that. He will make the backfield more dynamic. I am cho- I am losing my words. You can make up words. words. You can make yeah, up words. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> why not? He's, uh, back to the vaccination. He said none of my kids will be vaccinated, say, adding man-made diseases. There should be a clause in his contract where he can't play unless he vaccin- vaccinates his kids. Uh, yeah, because you don't know what he's going to bring. A locker room is a breeding ground for back for that too. Exactly. The, the, yeah. all, the, all the guy, all he has to do is his kid has something. He walks in there, he's it's sped up that process of whatever uh, a thousand percent, or maybe not. I'm not a scientist, and, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night either. So. Yeah. Well. Anyway, speaking of pass catching backs, I just want to take a quick shout out to Shane Vereen. I was in the uh, stadium when you threw an interception in the red zone uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then I also was leaving when I got to watch Travis Kelsey return the favor and throw an interception. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah, it was was really full circle that day. That was a dark times, dark times. Oh, by the way, back to the Odell, he's a lefty, right? Beckham? Yes, I believe so. Because I'm trying to remember. Didn't because he threw a didn't. I thought he's a lefty. I thought he threw right-handed. Or is Saquon Barkley's a lefty? Somebody threw a, a pass last year to somebody. I thought it was Beckham to Barkley last year, and I think he's. A I lefty. think it was. I think it was Beckham to Barkley. He was like nobody within. Yeah, the, uh, he's left-handed. Step. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. Well. Hey, right. remember when he got hurt against the Browns in the preseason? Who? Oh, Odell, Odell with the ankle injury. Yeah, is that guy still on the Browns? I don't know. That could be fun. Who hurt him? I don't know. How do you? Hmm. Who hurt him? Remember that guy? What was that guy? That football player? He hate me. Who hurt him? Will be him. I don't uh, know. He hate me was uh, Rod Smart. But Rod Smart. That's it. Rod Smart. So now you got a guy who hurt him. Let's see. It's number twenty. I doubt was he's that? still there. I doubt he's still there. Joe Hayden was on the team when, okay. when that, that was wasn't happening. Jabril Preppers, right? No, Jabril Preppers was twenty two. Twenty two, yeah. So couldn't have been him. All right. Well, I think that about does it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right, Danny. Oh, uh, my Twitter handle. What are, are we giving this stuff out? Yeah, we're plugging. Yeah. We're plugging. All right. Zero seven D Mac zero seven, and I still don't have an Instagram because I'm. 
matter of principle. I'm still yes, fighting uh, OJ, OJ Simpson still on Twitter. Danny McGillicuddy, oh, not on Instagram. <laughs> that's yet. right. That's where we're at. That, that's Did, our society. Oh, man. OJ's, uh, do you see his video when he was golfing? Yeah. Like the, the, his wisdom, OJ's tips. Oh, no, no, no. I haven't seen that oh, one. I saw the first OJ God. video. Ugh. Oh, God. But uh, I'll, now I'll plug my stuff. I, my Instagram <laughs> My Instagram is like Buchagram, E-G-B-U-C-H-A-G-R-A-M. My Twitter handle is at um, at Ikegbuch, I-K-E-E-G-B-U-C-H. And you can listen to myself and uh, my buddy Ryan on our on our podcast, We Call It Football, available on um, all the same platforms that you're listening to now, as well as um, as well as on Twitter at WCIF Pod um, for We Call It Football podcast. And my name is Zachary Morgan. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at Captain underscore Z Morgan on instagram at zach zach morgan 47 and you can listen to me on uh, not only this podcast which is available on anchor let's go back to the document because i, I need to read <laughs> you can listen to us on this podcast on anchor spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, breaker pocket Casts, and radio public my other podcast is in the process of being added on Right now, you can listen to us at anchor.fm slash no, no, we're serious. It's it's a good time. Um, we talked about some life experiences and uh, some fireworks at this this past Monday. It was a well, lot of fun. Speaking of life experiences, uh, I, hope, I don't know if Dylan is uh, listening to this, but uh, where the heck is it? Oh, here it is. He brought, um, I'm on ocean <laughs> an ocean app research for sharks so he's better he's down in myrtle beach and uh they got a uh, a bunch of sharks nearby so you might want to watch out for a tiger shark oh, named uh megan speaking Wait. of sharks i saw something this morning Where apparently there was a 30 foot shark oh that's the famous one the 30 foot shark that I found by uh, martha's vineyard yeah that, oh my god i'm going out there in real two life jaws i'm going out there in two weeks uh, I'm not going underrated in the water. seafood mako shark, solid, really? yes. very solid when Never you get it done it right. Yeah. Hmm. So but let's see where where to finish you? up with the plugs. Um, sorry, I'm if sorry. You, no, you're good. If you want to email me regarding the podcast, uh, please go ahead. Um, no, no, we're serious at gmail.com. I'll field podcast. I'll field uh, emails from both podcasts at that particular address at this point in time while I get stuff together for Triple D with I and Z. Well. We're good, Danny? Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. This has been Triple D with INZ on MESN Radio. Take care. Have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening to Triple D with INZ on MESN Radio. Tune in next week for another episode. 